Welcome to Faust in Wonderland, where theatrical plays and monologues are devilishly transformed into heavenly podcasts. <laughs> and now, Little Orphant Annie by James Whitcomb Riley. <laughs> Little Orphant Annie's come to our house to stay and wash the cups and saucers up and brush the crumbs away and shoo the chickens off the porch and dust the hearth and sweep and make the fire and bake the bread and earn her board and keep. And all us other children, when the supper things is done, we sit around the kitchen fire and has the most is fun and listen to the witch tales that Annie tells about and the goblins it gets you if you don't watch out. Once there was a little boy who wouldn't say his prayers. And when he went to bed at night away upstairs, his mammy heard him all and his daddy heard him bawl. And when they turned to the keeper's dad, he wasn't there at all. And they seeked him in their after room and cubby hole and press and seeked him up the chimbley flue and everywhere's, I guess. But all they found was this his pants and roundabout. And the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. And one time, a little girl who'd always laugh and grin and make fun of everyone and all her blood and kin. And once, when there was company and old folks was there, she mocked them and shocked them and said she didn't care. And this, as she kicked her heels and turned to run and hide, they was two great big black things a-standin' by her side. And they snatched her through the ceiling, for she knowed what she's about. And the goblins'll get you if you don't watch out. And little orphan Danny says, when the blaze is blue, and the lamp wick sputters, and the wind goes ooh. And you hear the crickets quit, and the moon is gray, and the lightning bugs in dew is all squenched away. You better mind your parents and your teachers fond and dear, and cherish them that loves you, and dry the orphan's tear, and help the poor and needy ones at clusters all about. Uh, the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Are you agonizing over what to do with Grandpa's crematorium ashes now that he's been reduced to dirt? Are you apprehensive about the annoyance of spreading his stardust on ocean, meadow, or mountain? Well, thanks to our advances in crockery science, Ashenware Laboratories has concocted a new dishware product that's sure to please the living and the dead. We call our new Ashenware dinnerware product line Corpse to Cupboard. This fusion between mortuary services and tableware will revolutionize who you dine with and whom you eat atop. By applying our proprietary process of mixing clay and earthen elements with your loved one's ashes, 
Ashenware will transform your demised somebody into bowls, dishes, and cups. Once the slurry is fired in our crematoria kilns at an undisclosed location, the recrement will produce dinnerware that will be the envy of all who eat off it. Imagine the culinary fun your kitchen alia will generate knowing that Grandpa is staring at you through your mashed potatoes. Believe me when I say our corpse-to-cupboard products give a new meaning to the term bone china. <laughs> fun it is. At my house, the kids enjoy betting on what body part could be floating in their minestrone soup and whether it's Papa or a feral cat. Remember, Ashenware is guaranteed and unsurpassed in reprocessed dinnerware for your ingesting enjoyment. So repurpose your feasts with earthenware that is both recumbent and related. Ashenware's corpse-to-cupboard product line of fine kitchenalia will set a culinary standard unmatched in grave-to-gravy cooking, serving, and disposing. And now, The Monkey's Paw by W.W. W. Jacobs. <laughs> The night was cold and wet, but in the small parlor of Mr. and Mrs. White, the blinds were drawn and the fire burned brightly. Father and son were at chess. The former, who possessed ideas about the game involving radical changes, put his king into such sharp and unnecessary perils that it even provoked comment from the white-haired old lady, knitting placidly by the fire. Listen to the wind, said Mr. White who, having seen a fatal chess mistake after it was too late, was amiably desirous of preventing his son from seeing it. I'm listening. Check. I should hardly think that he'd come tonight. Mate. That's the worst of living so far out. Of all the dreadful, dark and distant places to live, this is the worst. There he is! Charlie! You old scallywag. <laughs> Guilty as charged. You're looking no worse for wear yourself, Ralph Randall. Sergeant Major Charles Morris, this is my dear wife, Eliza, and my son, Samuel. Sit here by the fire, Sergeant Major Morris, and warm up. Uh, thank you. Is the walk from the train station terribly wet? Uh, not too bad. I, I've certainly seen worse. I'm sure you have. Ah, thank you. Uh, that would take the chill off. My father has told me many stories of your adventures. Has he now? I'm sure they've gotten better with time. <laughs> Is it my fault you've given us so much time to tell him without coming to tell him yourself? Twenty-one years Charlie's been off in the military witnessing wars and plagues and strange peoples. What was that you started telling me the other day about a monkey's paw or something, Morris? Uh, nothing. Uh, leastwise, nothing worth hearing. Monkey's paw? What monkey's paw? Well, it's just, just a bit of what you might call magic, perhaps. To look at it, it it's just an ordinary little paw, dried to a mummy. And what's special about it? Well, it had a spell put on it by an old sailor and self-proclaimed metaphysical elder. He wanted to show that fate ruled people's lives 
and that those who interfered with their destiny did so at their peril. He put a spell on it so that three separate people could each have three wishes from it. <laughs> oh my. Did you have the three wishes granted? I, I did. And has anybody else wished? Well, uh, the first man had his three wishes. Yes. I don't know what the first two were, but the third was for death. Oh. That's how I got the paw. If you've had your three wishes, it's no good to you now then, Morris. What do you keep it for? Uh, reminiscing, uh, I suppose. I did have some idea of selling it, uh, but don't think I will. It, it, it's caused enough mischief already. Besides, people won't buy. They think it's a fairy tale, or they want to try it first and pay me afterward. If you could have another three wishes, would you have them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Better to let it burn. If you don't want it, Morris, give it to me. I won't. There. Finally gone. It belongs in the fire. No, quickly, Sam. Hand me that poker. Ah, got it. Well, if you keep it. Don't blame me for what happens. Pitch it in the fire again, like a sensible man. How do you make it work? Uh, hold it up in your right hand and wish aloud. But I warn you of the consequences. If you must wish, wish for something sensible. <laughs> what could be more sensible than supper? Just what I was wishing. <laughs> Come on, Sergeant Major. My mother is a great cook. Ah, a good home-cooked meal is just what I'm in need of now. It looks delicious. In the business of supper, the talisman was partly forgotten. And afterward, the three sat listening in an enthralled fashion to a second installment of the soldiers' adventures in foreign lands. <laughs> and when I looked in the knapsack, guess what had it forgotten? The map. The letter. Your keys. No, 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 the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Morris, look at the clock. Sergeant Colonel Morris made his quick goodbyes with just enough time to catch the last train. What an interesting man. He certainly has plenty of stories. If the tale about the monkey's paw is not more truthful than those others he has been telling us, we shouldn't make too much of it. Did you give him anything for it, dear? A trifle. He didn't want it, but I made him take it. And then he told me again to throw the monkey's paw away. Throw it away? Why, we're going to be rich, famous, and happy beyond our wildest dreams. To begin with, wish to be president, Father, then you can't be henpecked. <laughs> I don't know what to wish for, and that's a fact. It seems to me I've got all I want. If you only paid off the house, you'd be happy, wouldn't you? Well, wish for $2,000 then. That should just do it. I wish for $2,000. <laughs> It moved. As I wished, it twisted in my hand like a snake. Well, I don't see the money, and I bet I never will. Uh, never mind, though. There's no harm done. But it gave me a shock all the same. They sat down by the fire again, 
outside, the wind was stronger than ever, and the old man reacted nervously at the sound of a shutter banging upstairs. A silence, unusual and depressing, settled upon all three, which lasted until the old couple rose to retire for the night. It's late. Come to bed, dear. Good night, Sam. Good night, Mother. I expect you'll find the cash tied up in a big bag in the middle of your bed upstairs. And a big, horrible primate squatting up on top of the wardrobe, watching you as you pocket your ill-gotten gains. I'll stay up just a little longer. Sam sat alone in the darkness, gazing at the dying fire and seeing faces in the embers. The last face was so horrible and so simian that he gazed at it in amazement. His hand grasped the monkey's paw, and with a little shiver, he wiped his hand on his coat and went up to bed. In the brightness of the wintry sun next morning, as it streamed over the breakfast table, they laughed at their fears of the night before. (laughs) Sam, your breakfast is getting cold. Morning, Mother. Morning, Father. Good morning, sleepyhead. Hurry and eat your breakfast or you'll be late for work. Thank you for the good breakfast, Mother. You are welcome, dear. Oh, I, I wish you'd wash your hands, dear. Why? I'm using a fork. Oh. I hope old Morris didn't get too wet on his walk back to the train. Oh, well, like he said, it's, he's seen worse. I suppose all old soldiers are the same. <laughs> the idea of our listening to such nonsense... How could wishes be granted in these days? And if they could, how could $2,000 hurt you, Randall? Might drop on his head from the sky. Oh. Morris said things happen so naturally that you might, if you wished, attribute it to coincidence. Well, don't break into the money before I come back. I'm afraid it'll turn you into a mean, avaricious skinflint, and we shall have to disown you. Oh, get on with you, or you'll be late. Here's your coat and your lunchbox. Mother, come have breakfast before it gets cold. I like how you fried up the onions with the eggs. Very tasty. Is there more sausage? Wishing on a monkey's paw. I can't imagine you'd believe in such things. (laughs) Me? Oh, the mail. An envelope. (laughs) Isn't that what the postman usually brings? Oh, it's just a bill from the tailor. Maybe he has to make a second trip for the bag of gold. They're pretty heavy, I hear. Oh, you. Well, 4 p.m. and no signs of wealth. (laughs) Sam will have some more funny remarks at dinner time. We'll be hearing about that old monkey's paw for a long time. I dare say. But for all that, the thing moved in my hand. That I'll swear to. Well, you thought it did. I say it did. There was no thought about it. I I, I just... What's the matter? A well-dressed gentleman is outside. Three times he has stopped at our gate as if to enter. Maybe he's bringing our $2,000. <laughs> he's coming up. Oh. Good day, sir. May I help you? Are you Mrs. White? Yes, I am. Please, come in. Please excuse our untidy parlor and my husband's old coat. He was working in the garden. I was asked to call. I'm from Ma and Megan's. Is anything the matter? Has anything happened to Sam? What is it? 
What, what is it? There, there, Eliza. Don't jump to conclusions. You've not brought bad news, I'm sure, sir. I'm sorry. Is Sam hurt? Badly hurt, but not in any pain. Oh, thank God. Thank God for that. What happened? I'm sorry. We were all very fond What of... happened? Sam was caught in the machinery. Oh. Caught in the machinery? Yes. Sam was the only child left to us. His heart... What did you say again? The firm wished me to convey their sincere sympathy with you in your great loss. I beg that you will understand I am only their employee and merely obeying orders. I was to say that Ma and Megan's disclaim all responsibility. They admit no liability at all, but in consideration of Sam's services, they wish to present you with a certain sum as compensation. Uh, how much? Two thousand dollars. In the cemetery, some two miles distant, the old couple buried their dead and came back to a house of shadow and silence. It was all over so quickly that at first they could hardly realize it, and they remained in a state of expectation, as though something else would happen, something else which was to lighten this load, a load too heavy for old hearts to bear. But the days passed, and expectation was replaced by resignation, the hopeless resignation of the old, sometimes miscalled, apathy. Sometimes they hardly exchanged a word, for now they had nothing to talk about, and their days became long and weary. Come back to bed. You'll be cold. It's colder for my Sam. The paw. The monkey's paw. Where? Where is it? What's the matter? I want it. You've not destroyed it. It's, it's in the parlor, on the mantel. Why? Oh, I only just thought of it. Why didn't I think of it before? Why didn't you think of it? Think of what? The other two wishes. We've only had one wish. That was enough. No, we'll have one more. Quickly, go down and get it and wish our child alive again. Good God, you are mad. No, no, I'm not. Go get it and wish Sam alive. Oh, my child, my child. Oh, come back to bed. You don't know what you're saying. We had the first wish granted. Why not the second? A coincidence. Go and get it and wish. Sam has been dead over a week. And besides, I did not tell you this before, but I could I could only identify the body by the clothing. If it was too terrible for us to see then, how now? Bring Sam back. Do you think I fear my own child? Bring Sam back now! Here's the accursed thing. Wish! It is foolish and wicked. Wish! I wish my child alive again! Ah! The pot moved again! The old man sank trembling into a chair as the old woman, with burning eyes, walked to the window and watched and waited. The old man sat until he was chilled with the cold glancing occasionally at the figure of the old woman peering through the window. Sam, 
my Sam. Such a request to bring the dead to life. That thing cannot have the power. Come to bed. I'll wait. The old man, with an unspeakable sense of relief at the failure of the talisman to bring back his son, slowly crept back to his bed. Oh, Sam. But it was at least half an hour before the old woman came, silently and apathetically, to lie beside him. Neither spoke, but lay silently listening to the ticking of the clock. This darkness is oppressive. Candles burned down. I'll get another. A rat. It passed me on the stairs. It's Sam! It's Sam! What are you going to do? It's my child. It's Sam! I forgot the graveyard is two miles away. What are you holding me for? Let me go. I must open the door. For God's sake, Eliza. Don't let it in. You're afraid of your own child? Let me go. Go! I'm coming, Sam! I'm coming! I'm opening the door, Sam! I'm opening the door! Don't open it, Eliza! Oh, where is it? Where is it? I can't open the bolt! Oh, the door is stuck! Wait, I think I've got it! Just a few seconds more! Oh, I'm here for you, Sam! I'm here! Where is that cursed monkey paw? Where? Ah, here it is! I wish my child dead and at peace back in his grave! Ah Sam? Oh, my Sam! Sam! story, don't you? <laughs> and now this message. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me over for dinner, Marge. No problem, Angela. I always make more than Stu and I can eat. Now go on. Don't sit on ceremony. Dig in. Stu, go on. Mm, that's good soup, Marge. Glad you like it. What do you think, Angela? It's interesting. And I must say, these dishes are so unusual. You know, they mean so much to us. They're the latest thing from Ashenware. Ashenware, March? What's so special about them? Well, you remember when my mother passed away last year? Oh, yes I do. That was so sad. I still feel so bad for you, Marge. Not at all, Angela. I mean... With Ashenware, it's like she's still here with us. In fact, in a way, she is. How's that, Marge? Well, the folks at Ashenware Laboratories have developed this new process that they use to create dishware out of your mortal remains. What? 
You see, we had Mom cremated, but rather than bury her, we sent her ashes to Ashenware, and they made us a complete set of dishware and crockery. In fact, we got eight dinner plates, eight cups and saucers, eight butter dishes, a dozen ramekins, a turkey platter, and a complete set of possibles. All that? You bet. Let's just say my mother-in-law was larger than life. That's enough out of you, Stu. Anyway, isn't that lovely, Angela? You're eating off her right now. <laughs> You know, Marge, I just realized I have an appointment to have my hair teased tonight, and I'm actually not all that hungry because... because I had a lot of celery to eat at lunch today, so... sorry to, well, not eat, but run, I really need to go. Poor dear. She should know better than to eat that much celery. Oh, by the way, Stu, I'm thinking about having Ashenware Laboratories make us a set of pet food bowls when Mr. Mittens passes on. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? Yes, dear. Have you thought about what kind of dishes you want to be made into? I'm not dead yet, Marge. Don't rush me. I can hardly wait. That's right. Ashenware's corpse-to-cupboard process gives new meaning to the term bone china. Listening to Faust in Wonderland podcast number five, the creepy episode. <laughs> this program was produced by Faust in Wonderland and featured Nolan Meekham, Ron Garrison, John Lopate, Celia Bresak, Peter McArthur, Kendall Sramek, Sabrina Koch, and. <coughs> Bill Chessman. Commercials were written by Ron Garrison and Bill Chessman. Sound engineering by Ron Garrison. Mixing and editing by Bill Chessman and Nolan Meekham. The entire production was recorded in genuine online conferenzo sound. Join us soon for another epic episode of Faust in Wonderland. For more enticing revelations about our devilishly good podcasts, tune to FaustInWonderland.com. See you next time. <laughs> oh no, I swallowed my gum.